1: Phil Burgess.
0: Hi, Phil here, and welcome to today's episode of the IT Career Energizer podcast. Today you're going to be hearing from somebody I've known for a number of years, who has a wealth of experience in delivering IT projects and business change. He is a very engaging and passionate individual, and I hope you enjoy listening to his views and thoughts about a career in IT. So here's episode three. Today's featured guest is Jonathan Moss. Jonathan is an experienced transformation and change professional who helps companies implement fit-for-purpose solutions for their businesses. Over the past few years, Jonathan has led large business and technology change programs for household name clients, such as Rolls-Royce and Christie's. So Jonathan, is there anything else um, you'd like to add to that brief introduction? Well,
1: thanks, Phil. Um No, only other than to say I've actually uh, ended up doing uh, quite a bit of niche work and started to specialise in the last few years in HR and HR transformation. I fell into that, and I'll I'll talk about that soon. But actually, I found that HR was far more interesting uh, than I thought, whether it's from a change or even an IT perspective. So I've got a good general background technically, grew up through the technical route. Yep. Uh, did those classic roles across IT, everything from programming to networking, uh, systems implementation, but ended up doing project program management transformation, as you just said, and uh, recent specialisation in HR, which, it, which is fun.
0: Right, great. Are you able to give us uh, one sort of big or unique career tip that, that people probably should know
1: but don't? Yeah, that's a great question. I think really... Really understand your customer. You could be an IT person that, I know, doesn't ever move out of IT, but quite often has to interact, say, with a CIO. Think about the needs of the CIO. You know, their CIO doesn't want to hear lots of technical things. They want to hear how you might be able to improve things. Um, think about the message you need to give to get buy-in. When I'm dealing with, for instance, senior leaders in the business or HR directors, I have to make sure that I don't think technically. I have to put myself in their mindset, understand what they want to hear. If you're demonstrating a a new system, it could be a sales system, it could be an HR system. When you're demoing that to senior management, what does senior management want to hear? They, they, They probably don't day to day use the system. Uh, To put information in what they need to do is get analytics and data out the system So if you're an HR director as an example, don't show them well This is how you can enter a holiday request and get uh, uh, and get approvals Tell them this is how long it's taking the business to recruit people. This is where we're buying in capability Rather than building it from internally, so you've got the data and you're showing them the dashboard and the analytics. So when they log in in the morning, they can see this data. It comes up on the screen automatically. Then if you've got their bu- and if you get their buy-in for this type of thing, they're far more likely then to back the project, back the business case, back the funding, etc. So really understand your customer. Yeah. Really understand how uh, to sell what you are doing to your customer so that it resonates with them and, and you get their buy-in. That's my big tip.
0: Great. Okay, and presumably um, talking to managers and people on the ground, that, that sort of communication changes in terms of what they need to know.
1: Yes, it does. In fact, it very much changes through a project or a program life cycle. but you can't do it until you've developed a relationship with them. And you don't have to, you know, take them out for dinner every night. You could go and have a coffee with them. Uh, you could, you could have a twenty-minute chat with uh, a manager. It doesn't matter where they are, where they are in the business, uh, or which function. A quick twenty-minute chat. You need to plan and prepare well and think in their world. What do they need to hear? What are their challenges? So when you're talking to them, um, uh, listen properly. But that might be before the project starts. Kind of what you've inferred is, as you go along a project life cycle, you you have to take them from understanding to acceptance to willingness to help to then providing the people who sit under them to sit within your project to make that project happen through to success. So it's different communications through the life cycle, and you've got to think think about that effectively.
0: Yeah. Can you tell us about possibly your worst IT career moment and what you learnt from that experience?
1: Uh, yes. And the irony is um, I live by what I learned on that every single day. Okay. What I do now. And it was less about my fault. It was about the fact lack of experience. So I went into an organization and I reported pretty much into the top, uh, into the exec board, they, uh, we had to. I had to take them through vendor selection, uh, onboarding of an SI partner, plan the program of activity, resource it, and I did all of that supremely well, and I was very highly regarded at the top level. But when we started to get into the non-technical elements, I was because I didn't have the experience of how to manage change. I fell by the wayside, I hadn't considered impact assessing how ready the business was to accept the change. Remember, the change was new business, a new system, which in effect was new business processes, yeah. new ways of working, not just in one office, say in London, but but globally. I hadn't considered the impact of change on the people. I hadn't done. Uh, I didn't even have anybody in my team to help me manage change. No concept of training needs analysis. You know, how are we going to train and provide learning on the new ways of working enabled by the new tools? And I I went, to be blunt, I went back into that classic era that IT made back in the 70s, 80s and 90s, where IT delivered projects quite often badly because technically uh, they stroke I deliver the project. So technically it worked. We had no concept of user adoption, it wasn't change managed, etc., etc. And in the end, I, I left that company uh, having delivered well, but with a reputation that I hadn't really considered the needs of human beings in the company. In other words, I hadn't change managed it effectively. And I had learned such a hard lesson from that, and now I embrace it, and I'm quite expert at it.
0: Right. So what, what do you do differently now?
1: I never think about any IT project as an IT project. I always think about it as a business change project, with a few exceptions. You know, if you're doing an IT project that, frankly, is a maintenance upgrade in um, uh, a data center, But even that in the messaging out to the business, well, I'm making some changes in the data center. I've got to bring the data center down uh, for a weekend. Rather than just telling the business, I'm sorry that you won't have any access to the systems, but when you come in on Monday, all the systems will be up and running. You haven't changed management. You've told them a statement of fact. Rather than saying, we're having to take the systems down, we're making some improvements, it means that the user experience will be better when you log in, it will be quicker. You can access the system more easily from home or on your tablet or whatever. You can change management, you can put it in business terms.
0: Yes. Okay, so m- moving on from your worst IT career moment, can you tell us um, maybe a bit about your IT career highlight or greatest success and how you were able to, to achieve it?
1: Well, yeah, this time, this time, Phil, I'm going to mention the name of a company which okay. was a fabulous organisation to work for, and that was Christie's. And the Christie's are a global auction uh, and publishing and real estate company. Most people have heard of, you know, Sotheby's, Christie's. It's a beautiful place to work. Yes, very oldie English, um, you know, art, um, uh, beautiful furniture. Uh, all sorts of jewelry it was just fun to work with and one of the reasons was it spent a lot of money and time um, engaging with its customers globally and developing relationships, but it had the same ethos in house so whilst i didn 't run them up with run up with the run amok with the, um, the co- corporate credit card. I was able to take people out for lunch and, uh, 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 and coffee. And when we did team building, uh, you know, we, we always made sure we did it nicely. We re- I reined in the cost, but people felt it, they didn't just have a day job. They were cared for. And the the reason uh, it was a, a career highlight, when I joined, I joined as the Interim Transformation Director, and that was really to transform IT sales, finance, um uh, another area, logistics and other areas of business. But two or three weeks after I joined, the CIO left and I ended up being the, in effect, the interim CIO as well as doing the transformation piece. And what you had, you had a team that was demotivated because they they lost their leader. We had this very complex and difficult transformation again, as I say, across all different functional areas of the business. Yeah, they knew also that the IT people knew also that ultimately we we're going to outsource a lot of the non-value add IT piece. So in effect, they were going to, some of them were going to lose their jobs. But the way I dealt with that was to bring them together. I was you're talking about seventy to eighty people. Uh, in Europe, um, and there were people in New York and Asia as well, but I concentrated on the European side of things. And I said, this is what we've got to do. We've got to plan this program of activity. It's going to be very hard. And I gave every single one of them some responsibility part of that program. Whether you were the PA on a team, whether you were a test analyst, a test manager, an infrastructure guy, a project or program lead, every one of them felt that they had a role to get us through that transformation, and I I've rarely seen a team that gelled so much. We we were in the trenches as well because when you present you know tens of millions of pounds up to the board and say this is what it's going to cost, um, this is the business case, this is the money we need, this is how long we think we're going to take to do it, we can deliver it in a year and a half. And when the execs say sorry, you know halve the budget. Instead of me going away with the problem and crying in the corner, I brought all, you know, 70 or 80 people together, either in a room or via Webex, and I said, this is what we are going to solve together. Yes. But, but take time off to two, for two days, you know. Go and think about it. Come back. Honestly, team, I don't have all the answers. If you expect your leader, Jonathan, to know this, I just don't. We're going to solve it together. To cut a very long story short, when we delivered it, there was such a buzz in the team you could have taken that team and gone into any organization and delivered anything it didn't matter what the project would be because the team truly gelled and in my experience that's that's quite rare for me not necessarily bad um and and i just loved it and i think you know the lesson learned there is don't don't overstress it. Don't hold all the problems inside you. Delegate well, but explain that we're going to do this together. I know it's very cliché to say, you know, we succeed as a team. There's no I in team. Really, though, those values and those ethics are right. And um, it's just, I, I didn't so much learn a lesson on that, other than I did what I thought was right. is just involve people, make them have ownership, make them feel like they're helping to solve the problem. And, and thank them and you know you as you know phil in your own career along the way of projects transformations there are many wins you could celebrate yes. you could celebrate getting to the end of prototyping you could celebrate getting to the end of uh, having signed off on the way you're going to do training go out and celebrate it could be a thank you it could be a box of chocs to somebody it could be a pub night it could be a dinner it could be a family to take half a day off and go out with your family, and I don't want, don't want you to see it as holiday. Don't come back and sign off as holiday. Whatever it is, celebrate the wins. So there was a team. I would love to go back into that organisation and work with that same team. Yes, good
0: Correct. I mean, is that something you you feel could be achieved in other companies?
1: I think I don't think there's any excuse not to. Uh, you can celebrate wins. You can be. You, by the way, the team doesn't have to be eighty. It could be a team of five or six but make sure they've got real ownership and they feel like they're, they're, um, they're part of the solution. Yes.
0: Okay. What's one thing that excites you about the future of a career in IT? So not necessarily for yourself, but for people potentially coming into the industry now or maybe have only got a couple of years' experience.
1: I think the global nature, the whole – it's a lovely marketing term, you know, cloud computing – The excitement for me is the complexity. I'm an engineer by training, and I like things that don't work. I like to fix things, and a lot of people in IT actually are fixing things. Whether you're a network guy or a programmer, uh, you're a PM. You know, you're in a PMO team, and projects aren't going right. You have to fix that issue. I think the complexity around cloud computing, integrating back to one premise. the complexity around integrations, how you get data, the com- how you actually uh, remove the comp- from a user perspective, how you take a complex application and you give them the, um, that you traditionally access through a desktop. Uh, we have far more mobility, global mobility people get on planes. You, you give access to that, at that com- complex application, ERP or whatever. And you 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 end up doing some programming and um, and producing a an application on an iPad, corporate application that makes that process that workflows, much simpler. Everything to do with the cloud, that for me is exciting. Wrapping that into what I call also um, corporate social media. A, a classic example. Listen, you're familiar with SharePoint as an example, how many times have organizations put in SharePoint but don't use the social media capability of it, it's just used as a repository. Be excited about what IT and IT solutions can really add value to the business and make sure that you get involved in those types of projects and if they don't exist, sell the hell out of the need for it. Yeah. So much. There's so much capability now in IT. Maybe there always was but it's so much easier now to provide better value add to the business in so many different areas and I think the choice is, you know, whatever your choice of area of IT, whether it be networking, whether it be programming, whatever it is, the, the tools available to allow you to do that well just exist. So go and enjoy it. Have fun. Great.
0: So moving on to the uh, reveal round, which is a, a, effectively a quick fire list of questions. So, What attracted you to a career in IT in the first place?
1: Um, I was fascinated by technology and fixing things and the complexity, having to network things, you know, computer systems, uh, integrations of data, things like that. I I love that problem-solving requirements and then actually doing the fix. Um,
0: What is the best piece of career advice you've ever received?
1: Um, I always remember this, and I've always lived by it. It's rigorous planning, rigorous execution. It doesn't matter whether you're a project manager, a network engineer, whatever it is. Plan, front load the planning. Really think through, well, the constituent part, before I actually do something, plan it well. What resources do I need? What expertise is needed? And then rigorously execute it. Yeah. You know, manage it constantly, day by day, week by week, month by month. Rigor
0: Yeah rigors rig are definitely a, a very good a, good uh, piece of advice. And um, if you were to begin your IT career again right now, what would you do?
1: I'd be an application program manager, uh, programmer. I'd I, I really enjoy programming in the app space, both corporate and social applications, but I think that's just great fun, got lots of problems, it's good fun. Um, it's probably not a nine-to-five job. But I just think, um, you, and, uh, and not when I say programming, including the creative, you know, tools that you, I'm not saying this very well, producing an application, you'd also have to learn how to do graphics as well as the programming side, how you do, you know, user-based testing. I think holistically that would be great fun, and that's what I'd love to do.
0: Okay. Any reason why you wouldn't go and do that now?
1: <laughs> um... I live in the world of change and transformation. <laughs> I do programming is a hobby. The reality is there are younger people out there who've learned those skills through, you know, college or uni. Um, I, it would take me too long to be an expert. <laughs> right.
0: Okay. What are career objectives are you focusing on right now?
1: Well, interestingly, I mean, you'll smile at this. Um, I'd actually like to end up being a salaried, having a salaried role, you know, on on the board of a company, maybe head of change, even a CIO type role. Um, It's very tough, as you know, being an interim, contracting as an interim. Yes. uh, And always having to fight and sell yourself and get the next role. It's great fun working for a different company every year and a half, two years. But it's hard work and I'd much rather now settle down. That's what I'd like to do.
0: What's the number one non technical skill that has helped you in your career to date?
1: Undoubtedly, good project management discipline. Always thinking of the risks. Doesn't matter what you do. What's the risk of me not being able to achieve that target, that milestone yeah. next week? And to be blunt, you can be trained on it. You've either got that DNA or not. You haven't. Um, you can never train me to be a, a data analyst because though I quite enjoy the challenge, I'm never going to think like a true data analyst. Um, but I do think like a project manager every single day. And I think that, um, that good PM discipline will hold you in good stead, whatever the type of work you do.
0: Can you share a parting piece of advice uh, with the IT Career Energizer audience?
1: Yeah, communicate well. Always think about how you're going to deliver a message. It doesn't matter what role you're doing. Communicate well, communicate often. The amount of times, um, you know, you, you you a meeting will be arranged for you, or you'll arrange a meeting, the other person can't make it. Whatever, even a good reason. Well, rather than wait two or three weeks, especially if it's a manager, just send them a quick status update saying, sorry we couldn't make it, let me just give you a quick update we've nailed that, we've nailed that, that's that's slightly behind the curve, but this is what we're doing to address it. It gives people faith in you. Uh, there's one example of communicating well. Even uh, if you're doing project programme management, you've always got a message you can give to people. You Even if you've got no update on some of the deliverables, you can always find a way to communicate something to people. Never communicate by email unless it's absolutely necessary. Try and do it WebEx, face to face, whatever it is, try and communicate, it, none electronically.
0: Yeah, you touched on one of my personal pet hates, which is over communication with email.
1: Yeah, and we do it too much, and emails are too long, you're quite right. But I enjoy, I've enjoyed my career in IT, but I very much focus my thinking around, it's not really IT, we're delivering something for a business, it's enabled by IT.
0: Finally, what's the best way that we can find out more about you and connect with you?
1: Well, I think uh, professionally through LinkedIn. uh, And I also have a personal brand website, which is changeglobal.co.uk.
0: Anything else you'd like to add?
1: Um, No, you know, whoever's listening to this, who's thinking about a career in IT, um, grab it. It's great fun. Um, if you're in IT and you're feeling a bit stale, then decide what, what, what floats your boat, what, what motivates you, and don't be afraid to stay in IT, but, 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 but retrain. Want to be a programmer? Go and be a programmer. Want to be a project manager? Get some advice. Speak to people like me and others like yourself, Phil, and, and go and do what your dream dictates. Yeah, that's great advice.
0: Jonathan, thanks so much for joining me on the IT Career Energizer podcast today. It's been great talking to you.
1: Thank you. The pleasure's been all mine.
0: Well, I hope you enjoyed today's chat with Jonathan Moss. In the next episode, I'll be speaking with Don Crawley, who is author of The Compassionate Geek, as well as several other IT books. If you are enjoying the IT Career Energizer podcast, I'd appreciate it if you'd leave a rating and review in iTunes, and you can provide feedback to me about the podcast at the website, which is ITCareerEnergizer.com.
1: Thanks for listening to the IT Career Energizer podcast. To find out more about building a successful career in IT, visit ITCareerEnergizer.com.